Hello and welcome to another episode of the Travelling Introvert Career Conversations. Today I am joined by the lovely Emily Cox. Hi Emily. Hello Janice, nice to be with you. Nice to um, listen and because I could say like nice to see you but obviously everyone else here does not get that uh, bonus. So <laughs> the first question I ask everybody is what does introversion mean to you? Oh, an excellent place to start. So introversion, what a wonderful topic. I'll probably give an answer that maybe some have given before, but it's the most resonant with me personally of like where we gather our energy and where our energy feels most connected and most resonant with us. So introversion to me shows up in terms of my work and in my life and where I get the energy from. I work with a lot of people that get energy from being around others and they're like, yes, this refills my batteries. This fills up my bucket. This is the best thing ever. I also work with a lot of people, me included, that's like, I need some time on my own. Humans are great, but silence is also delightful and restorative and recharging as well. So that to me is the most like resonant and authentic answer is like, where do I feel most connected with my energy? And then how does it show up for me in different ways? How is it helpful for me? How is it sometimes not as helpful as I would like it to be in ways that I can use it and use it in different ways that can not be initially thought as challenges or barriers, but more things of like, oh, I didn't anticipate this showing up this way. <laughs> yeah, I very much feel that. And and sometimes you don't know until you come across that thing. Sometimes you're doing something new and you're like, oh, it'll be fine. And then you're like, oh, oh, no, not in this particular way or on this day or because the weather's doing weird things. So you mentioned that um, in the work that you do, you deal with a lot of different types of humans. So tell us a little bit more about the work you currently do. Yes. So I'm a licensed therapist in North Carolina, and I do a lot of work mainly with children and teens, also with young adults and women is kind of my target area. With that being said, I also get people all along the life spectrum and the age spectrum and the experience spectrum. So just because they don't necessarily meet the criteria of 16-year-old child doesn't mean that I don't uh, work with them. So with that, there's a lot of different things going on. Basically, people just seeking out support or help or ways that therapy could be beneficial for their life. And then me, as clinician, has to figure out, okay, how do I create a safe and therapeutic space And how do I set the groundwork for healing to happen and sit with people on their journey, not necessarily leading them along and being in charge or the band lead or anything, but how do we sit together in the darkness and get through that to the light? And so being a therapist, I'm Mm -hmm. sure there are a lot of misconceptions that people have about your industry. And um, one of the reasons I do this podcast is to help you know, get rid of some misconceptions about introversion in general. So obviously the next question is, what are some myths about your current role that you would like to dispel? Oh, what a great question, Janice. Especially mental health field. Ooh, there's so many information and misinformation going around. There's also like humans that exist in the world, right? And all humans have different opinions. Some of those opinions are very strong and very entrenched. So people are like, no, this is the only way that therapy can look. No, this is the only method that can be appropriate or that can be helpful for people. So kind of my view on it and what I found to be most helpful is like what works best for the individual. So if I come in and tell you, no, we got to do some hardcore cognitive behavioral therapy and really get down into those thoughts and those cognitions and tease them out and do some worksheets, 
that may be great for some people that may be miserable for others and that might not be a safe space for them to be so I think that's one of the main um, misconceptions or like misunderstandings is one of it is the mystery of kind of here's this scary office here's this person they're gonna judge me I'm supposed to go to this stranger and tell them all my secrets that sounds horrible that sounds like torture and you're gonna pay that person to hear all my icky dicky secrets Ugh, no thank you so this thing of like the mystery of it behind the veil of like oh you know we can see it in the old school of um, psychoanalytic and kind of Freudian of they're sitting behind you and you're laying down on the couch and you're talking to the ceiling and you don't even get to see the face of the therapist like no you're just out in this own Blake's place in your own world so kind of demystifying of like we're humans we're humans working with other humans your therapist is a human too but they're there to help you on the journey of how our best is working for you and what is going to be most beneficial for you and that you don't owe anything to them necessarily and they don't owe anything to you other than providing a safe and supportive space so like i have a lot of people where sometimes we get a little bit into the journey and it's like this ain't feeling great or this ain't feeling like groovy for me changing is always an option and like feedback is always an option so not feeling like we're locked into a certain thing and going like "Ooh, i'm not feeling something about this is off great. I'll always welcome that feedback because it's like, how can I connect you to something where it feels groovy, where it feels right, where it feels like, yes, this is really the kind of intervention or knowledge or words that I need at this time. And then I could go, that was my main thing is demystifying. I could go down a rabbit hole of all the other misconceptions in mental health and world and psychology world. Oh, I kind of want that. I'm going to say one thing. What you mentioned about having the option to give feedback and you as a therapist making that change I think a lot of people don't realize that because a lot of people are like well I have to find the right therapist so therefore I have to jump around and it's going to cost me money to jump around to find a right therapist rather than feeling that it is okay to give your current therapist feedback because they probably have a very large toolbox of things that they can use but they're just trying this one thing with you because that's I don't know where they start or like what seems like a good idea at the time and not realizing that most I'm guessing and so you can tell me otherwise therapists are not just trained in one thing they might be like that might be their jam that might be their specificity but it doesn't mean that they don't have a toolbox of other things kind of like a coach I would assume yeah totally and that like we people can have their specializations or they can have their track or their niche that they really connect with and identify with but that isn't necessarily all that they do or all that they're welcome to and even if it is that they can give that feedback we're all humans so we're all connected so like if they're going nope I only do this this is my own thing they have got to have like five to ten to fifteen other people in their back pocket where they can go okay if this isn't the right fit I'm thinking that so and so or so and so might be the good fit for you and you brought up a really good point Janice of like sometimes we get into this power dynamic or power differential of like I'm going to this person this is the right person for me. I did all this work. I had 12 tabs open in my browser. And then I finally got the courage to send the email to this one person. And then I scheduled the intake and it was six weeks out and I've been waiting all this time and feeling miserable in the meantime. So by the time we get in the door, we've already been through this journey, right? So then um, we can get into the process and go, Ooh. so Ben, when we get into it and go, well, I spent all this time getting here and now I'm on session three and I'm not feeling it oh man, we have that like sunk cost fallacy of, oh, okay, I put all this effort into it. I'm stuck with this. But like most people in the helping professions are always going to be open to feedback. 
And if they're not open to trying trying something else or seeing like, oh, most people really appreciate the feedback. As a lot of people I work with, I'm like, please tell me. I'm not a mind reader for all of whatever schooling and education and licensure I got. I still did not get the magic wand and I did not get the crystal ball as part of that. So like having the relationship of, hey, like what is important? What am I missing? What am I totally not hitting the mark on? And you're like, cool, you said a lot of words. None of those made sense to me or connected with me at all. This is not my jam. Excellent. I think most clinicians are at least open to that, the feedback of, okay, that is really helpful. That is really beneficial. The goal is change. The goal is healing. However we get there is most important to the client. So what did you do before this work? Because I could talk about that for a really long time and now I've got like, but touch on some other things. So what did you do before you got into this role? Oh, great question. I've had many lives. So this is one of the many lives. Oh, I did many things. One of the things um, like icebreakers that happen is like, what is your first job? When I was a very not very small child a small child I was a pony trainer I was in the horse world so that's what I always describe as my icebreaker answer is first job is like pony trainer just jumping on ponies and making them safe for children not safe for me as a child but safe for other children um so I've done lots of different things service industry restaurant industry I always recommend I am a firm believer that like everyone should have a position in retail or food industry because that gets you in front of people and like teaches you so many skills that are applicable to everything and then teaches us great like self-regulation skills as well because like that's stress you want to talk about stress those positions are very stressful so lots of things that just led me to this path of this journey of how I got here and to the mental health work okay and so is there something that you do regularly that you would say has helped improve your career as it's gone forward or at your business currently excellent question we can always add things to our routine right and try different things and go okay what is helpful to me what do I feel like is the main factor different points in our lives that can be different things right of like okay maybe daily yoga is the answer for me and now I can't look at a yoga mat without having intense feelings of resentment who knows what is happening on the journeys one thing that I found helpful overall is like putting myself out there or at least trying and going out. So anything that seems a little bit scary at the time, trying it. And anything that gives me a little bit of resistance or fear when I think of it, that seems like a path that's helpful for me to go down. And whether that's in business and in personal development and in terms of therapeutic healing, that has always yielded really positive results for me. So not in terms of like, oh, this is causing me the most anxiety. I can't get out the door with this, but like, there's this um, thing that happened, this trend a couple of years ago, where there's this gemstone called Moldavite. And people were like, ooh, if you get Moldavite, it's going to change your life. Everyone who got a piece of Moldavite, their, everything went to shreds and their life blew up in flames. And oh my goodness, nothing is the same. Da-da-da. I love using it as a metaphor of like, if someone thinks I got a piece of Moldavite, what would my life look like? So what would all those magical changes be if they're because of a gemstone or because of our own actions? So what are we looking to be like, oh, don't want to be here anymore. Oh, this might not serve me. This might not be helpful for me. So I kind of think of it like that. What scares me? What makes me think, okay, if a gemstone has the power to change my life and make everything go away, what can I do on my own to change this life to get it to where I want it to be? 
or get that gemstone. But um, <laughs> which has probably gone up in price now because of that. What is something that you might say no to and why? Another excellent question. Boundaries are really important. Consent are really important. And they're very important in terms of how they serve us. I think a lot of lip service is given to boundaries and not necessarily centered on how they're helpful or how they can work in relationship. Sometimes we can think of boundaries. I promise this is related to the question. Sometimes we think of boundaries in terms of how they work in relation to others. And they do in some ways, but they're also ways of protecting ourselves and connecting to ourselves and giving care to ourselves. So in terms of saying no, things that might be an overextension, things that might be too much, things that are adding one more thing to my plate. So part of me might go, I'd really love to help out with that. Oh, I'd really love to do this for this person. I really like to be helpful. I really want to connect in this way. But is this going to be the best thing for me? Or do I have the bandwidth or the stamina for it? In some ways saying no, that can be a radical act of self-care. Yes, yeah, I, I, have a, I have a little booklet on that because it's almost seen as a, I'm setting a boundary and it's like a, 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 the, the energy behind it can be really different and how you perceive it. Um, so yes to, yes to saying no. Um, and so with the work that you do, you mentioned you deal with a lot of energy people and less energy people. How do you go about recharging? Great question. As an identified introvert, I find that spending time in connection with myself is really helpful. I had a pause in saying that because it's like sometimes it can be viewed as seclusion or isolation, and that can be different. That's a, along the spectrum, right? So on the extreme side of the spectrum, we can go isolation. Sometimes I'll use this metaphor of like, is it a safety blanket or is it a straitjacket? Is it a comfort or is it keeping us together? But then in what ways, it's not all black or white, it's not all or nothing. So what's in the middle between that of like, okay, where is my really recharging port? Where is my recharging space? For me, I find it more in like connection with myself. So getting into with myself and knowing like, what are my body regulations? What's going on with me? What are my signs of like, whoop, did a lot of interaction today. Oop, did a lot of things today. I, you know, said yes to a lot of things that might have been scary. I got outside my comfort zone. How is my body responding to that? How is my mental health responding to that? What am I needing in this moment? Do I need to light a candle? Do I need to make a soup? Do I need to chill out? Do I need to just veg out and watch Netflix? The things that I need that are most helpful to me in connecting with my own space. Oh, there was something you mentioned there about or doing all the things and maybe over booking yourself with the work that you do, do you have control over your calendar and what methods have you used to make sure you get rest in between? Excellent question. Excellent question for any business owner. And it's one of the things that I really value the most about what my business looks like currently in different positions in mental health world, we sometimes don't have that control. And we don't have that access to our calendar. And whoever walks in the door, that's who we get. Whoever shows up, that's what we need. Sometimes we're doing really intensive positions where we're doing crisis work. We're doing 24-hour response. We're doing someone is really in crisis and safety is not guaranteed. And how do we connect with them and work with them to get the safety? How my business and practice looks now is that I do have that control over my schedule. And I do have that control over 
what I can do and when I can do it and being able to say yes or no of when it's most appropriate. And that control is really empowering as a business owner and as a therapist of going, okay, yes, I can have more of this. Okay, I can take a break. I can be in charge. I can do things at different times. So it's been a really lovely experience to not only have that control, but like step into that control as well and then assert it in ways that are meaningful to me. How long did it take you to do that? That's the tricky part, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We get the control and sometimes there's this inclination of like, oh, I'm in control. Let's load it up. Let's do it. I'm ready. I have all the space. I have all the energy. I have all the gifts to give. Let's give them to everyone. And then sometimes we go to the opposite in the spectrum and go, I'm in control, but my schedule's booked out now. Oh my goodness. I'm exhausted at the end of every day. How did that happen? Um, So it's definitely a process of learning the balance of knowing, okay, I have lots of space here that I can give. Then that means that maybe some weeks long or some summers can happen that, okay, we can have more space to ourselves. We can have more vacations to ourselves. Important thing I always touch on with vacations is like rest that's always restorative. So sometimes we all have that PTO on the calendar or we all have that break coming up or that trip coming up and it's on the calendar and we're like, oh, the trip is going to happen. Things are going to happen. The trip happens and the whole time we're thinking about other things. Our mental space is preoccupied, whether it's with work or relationship or romantic partner or family things we're spending. So then we get back from vacation and have the intensity of Sunday scaries, no matter what day it is, and go, I just had vacation. What happened? Like, I just went on this magical trip. Why am I not the most rested, restorative, peaceful goddess that I could possibly be? It's like, well, where were we mentally? Well, where was our mental space and learning how to take that as well? Oh, very good point. And also the, oh, how many emails do I going to have to deal with when I get back? Uh, organizations right. are not good at setting people up for success to actually go on a break. Or they're like, oh, you're back from your break. So you're over your burnout now. And it's like, mm-hmm. When organizations aren't great at that, they're also not great at allowing the space for the individual to set that own tone, right? So then us being like, okay, if the organization, their whole message is like not very accepting of that, us being saying, no, I really, I'm not going to be checking my email. I'm not going to be available. You will not be able to call me. How responsive are our organizations to that? How responsive are our managers to that? And then that puts us in a tricky area, right? If we're trying to set the boundary, we're trying to respect the boundary, we're trying to maintain the boundary, but then other people in our lives keep pushing past it. Yeah, very much that. Okay, so surprise question. Um, in your mind, is a hot dog a sandwich? No. It's a hot and dog. Why is a hot dog not a sandwich in your opinion? a whole other thing it gets to be its own being why do we have to have a label on it there's so many things that meet the criteria of sandwich there's so many things that identify as a sandwich why do we have to make the hot dog identify as a sandwich the hot dog can be what it wants to be all right thank you so much for that please let my listeners know where they can find out more about you and what you do Of course. The best place to get me is my website, www.larkspurtherapy.com. It's L-A-R-K-S-P-U-R, just like the flower. That's what it's named after. So any information, any questions, any feedback you have, that's the best place to reach me, larkspurtherapy.com. Thank you so much. It has been a pleasure having you on. 
and I have so many other questions. And so it's been really hard for me to keep this short, but I really appreciate it. And for everyone else, this is Janice at thecareerinterpret.com, helping you build your brand and get hired. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.